Have you ever had that nagging question rolling around in your mind like, why can't we get ahead financially? What if the struggle you're having financially has nothing to do with the way that you handle your money? Did you know that there's a very powerful stronghold that may have a stranglehold on your money causing you to struggle? So, do you want to know what can be done about that stronghold? That's the topic of today's podcast. Welcome to the Hope, Healing, and Freedom podcast, brought to you by Restoring the Foundations International. Our desire is to equip you with biblical truth to empower you to live a full life of freedom in Christ. For more, please visit restoringthefoundations.org. Now, here's your podcast. This is Lee Whitman with Restoring the Foundations. And in today's podcast, we're going to continue in our series of talking about various strongholds that might be affecting you. We've been highlighting different strongholds that may be affecting your life so that you can recognize them and do something about them. One of the tragedies in the body of Christ are the number of Christians who tolerate these strongholds and settle for less than the freedom that Jesus came to give. Today we're going to be talking about a stronghold that directly affects your financial situation. Today's verse is Luke 4:18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he anointed me to bring good news to the poor. Poverty is something that we can inherit from our ancestors. It comes down the family line through the generational curses and ungodly beliefs that have caused poverty in previous generations, and then it is passed on to us through our bloodlines. It puts pressure on us to operate in the same patterns and poverty mindsets as our ancestors. Let's begin by doing some review to put this generational iniquity into biblical context. Exodus 20 verses 4 and 5 says, You shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. Curses, even financial curses, can be passed down from generation to generation through the bloodline and through the beliefs that go along with this curse. There really is a poverty mindset that has infected the church. Nathan's grandfather was a thief. Yeah, he was caught stealing and convicted and sent to prison for 10 years. Nathan came to RTF for ministry because no matter how hard he tried, he just could not get ahead financially. For example, he worked really hard and got a raise at work giving him extra money. Way to go, Nathan. The next month, his car broke down and needed a new transmission costing him thousands of dollars. The repair on the transmission cost all of the money he'd received from the raise at work, plus some extra money. Now, when it was discovered by the RTF ministers that Nathan's grandfather had been a thief, they were able to apply Christ's victory on the cross to the generational iniquity that Nathan had inherited from his grandfather that was keeping Nathan from getting ahead. Nathan had to repent for the sin in his bloodline, and when he did, the curse was broken over his life. It's very common for people to struggle financially and believe that not having enough money is the problem or that their spending habits are the problem. 
when the problem could be coming from a spiritual stronghold operating in their life. Mike and Becky had been struggling to receive an inheritance that belonged to them from Becky's father. They'd been working in the court system for months to get this money released, but it kept being stalled and delayed by legal proceedings. Then they went through RTF ministry and broke the financial spiritual stronghold at work in their lives, and within weeks, the court released inheritance money. Coincidence, you say? I don't think so. Satan is out to steal your rightful inheritance. And God is not stingy. He does not want his children to live in poverty. There's been much teaching in the church that living in poverty is more godly than living in abundance. Wow, I don't agree with that teaching. I do agree that those with much need to be cautious not to put their hope and trust in their wealth. But there is a poverty mindset that says that you are more holy if you live in poverty. I'm not quite sure where that line of thought has come from because God's word is in total contradiction to that mindset. Philippians 4.19 says, And my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. God wants to supply all of our needs, and the check he writes is from his bank account, and his account is unlimited. Notice that this verse says he will supply all of our needs. It doesn't say that he'll supply some completely and then he's going to supply others poorly so that you remain in lack and poverty. No. God said he will supply all of your needs according to his riches. One of my favorite pictures of God's abundant provision comes from the story of Jesus turning the water into wine at the wedding at Canaan. The story is found in John 2, verses 6 through 10. Let me read it to you. Now there were set there six water pots of stone, according to the manner of purification of the Jews, containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. And when the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and did not know where it had come from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom, and he said to him, Every man at the beginning sets out the good wine, and when the guests have well drunk, then he brings the inferior. You have kept the good wine until now. Jesus could have simply provided enough wine to keep the host from being embarrassed at having run out of wine. He could have turned just enough water into wine for the guests to be satisfied. But that's not what he did. He turned 180 gallons of water into wine. 180 gallons. And not just average wine, but the best wine. This is a picture of the abundance of God's provision. He doesn't want us to just get by. He wants us to live in his great provision. Luke 6:38 says, Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Now, this is obviously a verse about giving, but what I want to notice in this verse is that when we give, God gives back to us abundantly. He gives back so that we're running over with provision. God gives back to us in relation to our giving to him. That's not a stingy God. That is an abundant and extravagant God who wishes to lavish the very best on his children. 
then why do we think it's more holy to live in lack and poverty? Why do we hold back from giving to God? We are impacting ourselves when we do that. This stronghold can also affect your livelihood. Michael was a sharp young man. He was intelligent, hardworking, yet he could not keep a job. The job losses didn't appear to be due to any lack on Michael's effort. These job losses were on account of circumstances out of his control. For example, Michael lost one job because the company he worked for was bought out by another company and the new owners wanted to bring in their own people. Then he found another really good job and within a year that company went out of business due in no part to Michael's job performance. Coincidence, you say? I don't think so. This is one of the ways this spiritual stronghold operates in the person's life, to steal their livelihood from them and thus keep them from experiencing the abundance that God has for them. The enemy only comes to steal, kill, and destroy, John 10.10, and with this stronghold, his target is your finances. This stronghold also puts pressure on people to do things they normally would not do. Stephen was trying to get a mortgage to buy a house. On the application, it asked a series of questions about his past financial dealings. Due to the pressure of needing to get this loan to provide a place to live for his family, Stephen left out certain negative details that could have kept him from getting the loan. Within two years, not only could Stephen not make the mortgage payments, but he had to file for bankruptcy. This stronghold puts pressure on people to be dishonest when it comes to financial matters. Then this stronghold pushes people into terrible financial situations that result in bankruptcy. What are some of the financial pressures that this stronghold puts on people? As we look at this list, some of these conditions could be due to bad management of our money, but the point we're trying to make is that they also could be the result of spiritual pressure coming down your family line. Let me list just a few of the financial pressures that are part of this stronghold. Things like cheating, covetousness, debt, delinquency, greed, hoarding, irresponsible spending, lack, the love of money, robbing God by not tithing, and stinginess. These are just a few of the characteristics of this stronghold that puts pressure on people to walk in these characteristics. I know of a guy who told me that when he was making $30,000 per year, it was pretty easy to tithe. But when he started making $300,000 a year, he no longer could afford to tithe. Sounds crazy, doesn't it? But living under the pressure from this stronghold, it makes perfect sense. Remember that the stronghold puts pressure on a person to operate according to certain behaviors that want to steal from you. Then ungodly beliefs set in that reinforce the stronghold and help hold it in place. Then you normally experience wounding because the stronghold reinforces the stronghold through these wounds. Then the demonic gets involved to energize the stronghold, making it impossible to break with self-discipline alone. You can take all the great classes you want on how to handle your money, but if this stronghold is at work in your life, you will be pushed back into these destructive financial patterns over and over again. The stronghold must be dismantled and removed using RTF's integrated approach to ministry. 
A common ungodly belief that comes with this stronghold is the conviction that I'll always have financial problems. Nathan held this ungodly belief. When Nathan came for RTF ministry, the ministers started by breaking off the generational curse of financial problems. You remember that Nathan inherited this generational pressure from his grandfather, who resorted to stealing to get what he wanted. Nathan didn't know much about his great-grandparents, but my guess is that another one of Nathan's ancestors opened the door to financial problems that pushed Nathan's grandfather towards stealing. Once the generational iniquity is removed by applying what Jesus Christ did for him on the cross, then Nathan had to deal with this ungodly belief. He broke agreement with the lie and the father of lies and asked his father God for his truth. Father God said to Nathan, I am your provider and I will supply all that you need. Ask me and I will give you wisdom to deal in a godly manner with your finances. Isn't that amazing? Nathan then discovered that he also was believing another ungodly belief. He believed that due to his mishandling of his finances in the past, that he was a disappointment to God. Nathan was looking at his relationship with God through his behavior. Once he came out of agreement with this lie and with the father of lies, Father God said to Nathan, You are my beloved and cherished son. I celebrate that you are mine. Those are pretty amazing words from a loving Father God, not based on Nathan's behavior, but based on his birth as a child of God. How can God say that to Nathan, knowing that Nathan had failed God with his finances? I believe it's because God is able to separate who we are as his children from our sinful behavior. What we do is not who we are. Next, Nathan asked the Holy Spirit to take him to the memory where this financial struggle began. The Holy Spirit took Nathan to a memory of being a five-year-old little boy. His father had given Nathan $5 to go buy something at the local grocery store. On the way to the store, Nathan lost the $5 bill. When he came home, his dad was furious and said many things that Nathan could not recall. But the thing that Nathan did remember was that his dad said, you will never be good with money. Now Jesus came into that memory with Nathan and brought healing to his broken heart in only the way that Jesus can. Jesus told Nathan that as he walks with him and listens to his advice, Nathan is actually very good with money. Once the generational pressure is cut off from Nathan's life and the ungodly beliefs are replaced with truth, and then the healing is brought to the wounded places in Nathan's heart, Nathan stood in his authority as a believer and commanded the demonic pressure that was causing these financial problems to leave, and the demons had to obey and leave his life. I had this pair of shoes for many years. I really liked them, and they seemed to fit well, but I was having some pain in one of my feet, and the doctor recommended that I try some new shoes with better support. When I tried the new shoes, they were amazing. I didn't realize until I tried the new shoes how bad my old shoes were for my feet. This is often what happens to us when we have lived with a stronghold for a long time. We don't know how much pressure the stronghold is putting on us until it's gone. We don't know how much the enemy is using that stronghold to steal from us until we take away his right to oppress us and kick him out. 
If you suspect that the financial stronghold is at work in your life, even just a little bit, please go on our website at restoringthefoundations.org and click on the ministry tab at the top and find one of our trained RTF ministers to help you eliminate this stronghold from your life. I guarantee that these ministers will not judge you for your struggle, but will lovingly apply Christ's victory on the cross to this area, setting you free. Father God, thank you for your provision in my life. I thank you that according to Philippians 4.9, you supply all my needs according to your riches. I submit my finances to you and ask you to show me any ungodly beliefs that I have regarding finances. Then show me your truth. Teach me to be a good steward of my finances. I repent for any way I have partnered with this stronghold, even as an unwitting instrument. I declare that I will receive all that you have given me as a blessing from you and use your provision in my life to your glory. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us on the Hope, Healing, and Freedom podcast today. We pray you are blessed and equipped with biblical truth, empowering you to live a full life of freedom in Christ. To learn more about the ministry of Restoring the Foundations International, please visit restoringthefoundations.org. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode.